Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Lil Dudes Insect Academy podcast. Um, I'm super excited to be here in Washington, D.C. at the uh, ESA conference um, this year, and I'm here with my friend Amika, and so um, I'm so excited to be here. So welcome to the show, Amika. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, Braden. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Um, as you said, my name is Amaka, and um, I'm currently a PhD student in Texas A&M University, and um, my major is horticultural sciences, but with particular focus in potato breeding. And um, I'm happy to be here in the ESA meeting, though not an entomologist, but as a visiting guest speaker. So I was invited to give a talk on what I'm working on, which is potatoes. So thank you. Very cool. Yeah, and we'll get into all of that in just a minute. But um, yeah, where where did where where's where are you in your schooling, and and where did you go for for school so far? Okay, it's it's been a long haul for me. Yeah. Um, from Nigeria, so I had my bachelor's degree and my master's degree in Nigeria, and then I came over here to the United States in 2022 to start my PhD. So right now I'm com- uh, completing my second year of PhD. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, um, we'll talk a little bit more about what you studied in a minute. But how did you originally get into horticulture and how did, how did that become um, an interest of yours? What drew you into that? Oh, okay. Um, actually, I was born and raised in a small town in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. You know, the land was good. The land is fertile. There is lots of productivity. But it kind of uh, was sad for me to see that, you know, despite living with a lot of abundance, Mm -hmm. the farmers would have some losses. And then when I kind of surveyed to find out what was going on, I realized it was like lack of um, human resources and the technical know-how to Mm -hmm. deal with these challenges. So over time, I just kind of felt like, what can I do to help the problem? So I became drawn with the concept of crop improvement. Mm. How can we improve our crops to do better, to adapt to disease challenges, climate issues? So that was what drew me to plants to begin with. So I went and got my first degree in plant sciences. After that, it was like, oh, what next? What impact can I make with this? Mm -hmm. Okay, let me get a higher degree. Then I got a master's degree in cytogenetics and plant breeding and then again it's like okay I really want to make a real difference and probably I need to get a higher degree I really need to be an expert of plant breeding I need to understand how crop genetics works how can Mm -hmm. you you know play with these plants and play with your genetics come up with selection index make things easier for growers that does not do not have access to the fancy science so to say so that's like my interest yeah Yeah, very cool yeah yeah okay so what are you um what why are you here like so you got invited yeah but how did that how did that happen how did that come about okay it's um it's kind of funny because like you know a plant breeder a horticulturist in an entomology meeting yes i'm out of place right out of my elements yeah so um, it's a kind of connection I had with somebody who had heard me talk in the past mm-hmm. for a meeting I had attended who is my friend and knows that like, like I'm working on um, potatoes and trying to develop climate smart potatoes. Right. Like, oh, your work kind of fits with the team of our conference. Like, oh, I'm going to recommend you for this invitation. You mm. know, you're doing such cool work. And at the end of the day, all these sciences are related and there right. is 
Yeah. We we cannot do one in isolation of the other. Right. So we are so sometimes disciplines are so far apart that we do our own little thing in our bubble and we don't see the connection. Mm-hmm. But the only time we can make real progress is to collaborative science. Yeah. Yeah. So they sent out the invitation. Oh, like we had all this work you're doing on potatoes. Would you like to come give a talk on strategies to develop climate smart potatoes in the entomological association meeting? Like, okay. Um, I don't mind coming, you know, uh, that will be, you know, I'll learn a a few things about bugs and entomology. It's it's cool and interesting. So that's how that happened. And here I am. Here you are. Yeah. (laughs) Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about um, some of the work you've done. Um, What, so what was your uh, talk here about? Like what, Mm -hmm. what have you been working on recently? Okay. So um, since starting my PhD, so as I mentioned, I'm a PhD student in Texas A&M. Right. And if there is anything everybody knows about Texas, it's what? The heat. Yeah. It's, it's hot. bigger and hot. It's, yeah. Yes, it's big and hot. So the yep. heat is, it's like, so it's really hot in Texas. And potatoes are temperate cool season crop. Mm -hmm. They don't do well under high temperature stress. Right. And what makes it so unique is that the heat stress of potatoes is not very visible for you to see that the Mm. plant is stressed. So you can see the plant growing, having a lot of above ground biomass, Mm -hmm. but then there's nothing, there's nothing on the tubers. Mm. So growing potatoes in Texas helped us over time to be able to discriminate varieties that can actually do well under these high temperature stress conditions. Mm. So when I joined the program, I was saddled with the tax of like, oh, we know these varieties are doing well under high temperature stress. These ones are not. You need to figure out why. Right. So that became mm. like my assignment, trying to like figure out what are the mechanisms because we want to breed more varieties right. that can do well under high temperature stress, yeah. right? That's our strategy. But to develop heat tolerance, you need to first of all know the components of heat tolerance, what makes a variety mm-hmm. tolerant. So I took on that challenge and the next thing I tried to do was to simulate controlled environments mm. because in the field, it's a lot of confounding factors. If I come and tell you that, oh, this defect you're seeing is due to heat stress, what if it's not? Yeah. It, it can be a thousand and one other things. Right. Yeah. So I took some of those varieties that are far apart, the ones that are tolerant to heat and the one that is susceptible, and I try to grow them in a controlled growth chamber mm-hmm. to look at them at different growth stages mm. to see what is really going on. And mm-hmm. so far, it's been so interesting. Like, I see a different, significant difference in the time that they form their tubers. Mm. I see a difference in their expression of proteins. So, and that's kind of been informed. So, that was actually what my talk here was about. Mm. Trying to, like, these are some of the efforts we've been making. And we are trying to understand the mechanisms of heat tolerance so that right. we can develop potato varieties. And also come up with screening techniques. Mm. Because that's like our, you know, if we can come up with techniques that growers can easily and simply employ, you have 1,000 genotypes. How do you know? How do you yeah. select? Yeah. So that's my interest. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. are you working on like breeding, selectively breeding a, um, a, a, a good potato crop for Texas specifically? Or is it just that you're in no. Texas and that's where you happen to be? or? Yeah. I happen to be in Texas and Mm -hmm. my dissertation is on heat tolerance, but the plan is to develop potato varieties that have so many other agronomic and quality traits, Mm. but are also able to adapt to high temperature stress. Because like I said, potatoes, for most of the variety, when the night temperatures go beyond 25 degrees Celsius, 
you don't get any tubers at all. Right. But the plant does not die. Mm. That's the that's the issue. Like, how you can you tell? tell? You can't yeah. tell. So imagine a farmer. You put in all this time and all of these efforts and money growing your field, and then there is a heat wave, and then you lose the entire crop mm-hmm. because they are not resilient. They were not bred to adapt to high temperature stress. Mm. Yeah. So when you see like the very popular variety in the U.S., the russet bobank potatoes is the most popular. Right. It's actually used for French fries, but it does terribly under high temperature stress. Mm. So that's, those are some of the issues. When you go and you plant them maybe in Washington or some other cool places, no problem. Mm-hmm. But what about the farmer who is growing potatoes in Texas? And then a recent challenge now with extremes in global temperatures is that you begin to see heat waves, unexpected heat waves in places that are relatively cool. Right. So those are the reasons why you need to like, you know, build those crops in a way that they and can. And this applies to everybody because that's there's it. gonna there's heat yeah. waves everywhere. It's, yeah. That's it. So it's not for Texas, it's more for a global population for a, just to adapt to a global changing climate. Mm. That's that's like the interest. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Okay. So wow. Yeah. So how about um how about some other projects in um you know masters and undergraduate um what, what did you work on then? Okay, for my master's, I was the big issue. I also worked with potatoes for my master's, okay. interestingly, funny yeah. enough. Yeah. So, but it was more in the pathology aspect. Mm. So, the big um, potato is still a big crop in Nigeria. It's like, okay. you know, the area where I grew up, there was potato was the main crop in the state because okay. it was a cool state. So, but the challenge we had with potatoes was the late blight disease. The right. late blight is a very like is a big issue of disease. If you hear about the 1940s famine mm-hmm. in in Ireland, yep. it was due to the late blight disease. It led to the death of over one million people and yeah. emigration of over 1.5 out of Ireland. So it's a big issue for us in Nigeria. Right. So my project for my masters was to try to look at uh, natural resistance of the different varieties we grow then in Jaws, Plateau State, which was where I grew up, mm-hmm. their natural resistance to late blight disease, and to do some sort of molecular characterization of the causal organism, which is Phytophthora infestans. Mm. So that was the work I did, and it's now published, and, you know, is there. so that was my interest for my master's, and I did that, now I'm here, still working on potatoes, but a different aspect. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So moving on to a little bit more about you, where, mm-hmm. uh, who kind of inspired you um, to do all of this? Like, do you have a mentor or who's your inspiration? Like someone you look up to? Um, well, I have a few. I have a few generally. But growing up, um, kind of, I've um, always been inspired with the idea of making a difference. Right. That has always been kind of what has pushed me through. But when the moment I got to college, I, I had a mentor, even though he's a chemist. He's mm-hmm. not even a plant person. Yeah. But the inspiration he gave me, his name is Patrick. He always inspired me to be the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. So that's what he always tells me. It's like, are you doing the best you can with the resources that you've been provided? Or do yes. you just want to complain? Do you just yes. want to find the problem so that kind of kept me focused through life it's like all the time before i complain i want to ask myself am i doing the best i can Mm. yeah so that's great he has been like a really great mentor to me and that's awesome big ups to him yeah yeah very good yeah um so how about um in your spare time do you have any other hobbies or activities that you enjoy maybe attached to um horticulture or not 
Not. Um, <laughs> uh, but do you have any other yeah. hobbies or interests that you enjoy in your spare time? Um, I, I love to do a little reading here and now. Like, I love to read movies, like read books or movies, but mm-hmm. all related to crime. Oh yeah, yeah, I have a lot of interest in like movies. I have a lot of twists and turns. Very all cool. about yeah. So that's my part-time interest. And again, I have an expensive hobby. I love to travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why when I was invited here, I'm like, okay, I'll make the trip. I can do that. <laughs> I can yeah. do that. Yeah. So I love to travel. I love to visit new places, meet new people. Like mm-hmm. I really loved always to hear people's story. Yeah. I get inspired by different people. Like I want to hear your experiences. What is your unique struggles? And right. You know, like that. So those yeah. are some of the things that I always try to find time to do. And um, I always like being part of a community. You know, mm-hmm. like um, just be part of something that is beyond myself. Right. Yeah. That's, that's kind of so that's that, great. that guides me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Any other hobbies? I'm kind of boring too. I'm a homebody. <laughs> oh, no, you're not boring. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Most of the time in my downtime, I also just want to spend time relaxing on social media yeah see what's the latest gossip at home <laughs> and just yeah. things like that i you know i don't have very fancy hobbies mm-hmm. so it's just maybe movies travel read books just relax get away from the work yeah. very cool mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. how about um how about your plans for the future what what's going on um what wh- what are some research you want to do or mm-hmm. some trips you want to go on mm-hmm. um yeah what's your plans for the future Okay, um, for me, I'm hoping that by the time I graduate, I'll be able to go to the industry and do some work for a couple of years. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really want to be, like, part of a large-scale industry that has real-life mm. impact. Right. You know, so that's something that drives me. So I'm hoping that I'll be able to, you know, be part of an industry and do some research on crop improvement and make real differences. And um, for the, f- like, long-term... I would also like to do some work back home. Okay. I want to, like, you know, make an impact. Like, that has always been my drive in life. Like, make yeah. an impact in Nigeria. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing. So I would like to have some kind of collaboration with the Nigerian government and, mm-hmm. you know, try to bring in some of the technologies that we need so that, you know, farmers can really efficiently get the best use of their lands. Right. You know, yeah, so that's, that's something I would like to explore. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. All right. So, um, where can the viewers go to learn more about what you're working on? Um, maybe social media, or maybe a website, or maybe just the lab you've been working in. Their website, maybe. Okay. Like, where can the viewers go to learn more about you? Um, a lot about me is on LinkedIn. Okay. So yeah, that's like the only social media that I ever post. Okay. Like updates about myself. Yeah. yeah. So LinkedIn. When you search my name, first and last. On LinkedIn, you you can you can find me and you know learn more about me, connect with me, nice. you okay. know send a message, and then for my lab, I work in the Valley's lab. That's the potato breeding program in mm-hmm. Texas A and M. So we also have a website. When you type that in Google, it would like bring up our information, and you can also learn about the Great. research we do in our lab. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Well, it was so nice to talk with you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. Um, this was really fun. This yeah, was it's awesome. been so nice meeting you, talking to you. I'm so inspired by you. Thank you for having me. No, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. Yep. This was so much fun. It is fun. <laughs>